All right, and uh, welcome everybody to Tagged and Banded Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jeremy, um, today. Um, I actually have Chance here with me, which uh, I've talked about him a time or a thousand on the podcast. Tell everybody how they're Rick James. What's going on? <laughs> and uh, we've got our buddy John Yon here. John Yon's got Big Texas Outdoors Big podcast. Texas Outdoors Podcast, that's right. It's a mouthful. Oh, I know, but... A lot of big in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, couldn't... Uh, <laughs> I mean, Texas is big. You couldn't That's not it. make it be big. I That's like it. it. So, yeah, just had to <clears throat> had to think of a cool name. I love it. I do. I really do. Uh, any of y'all that listen to us, haven't listened to him, give him a shout, let him try out, whatever. Any of y'all that listen to him and don't listen to us, then probably keep it that way. Cause <laughs> you'll lose no, no, sales. go uh, <laughs> go uh, go give him a yeah, go give him a listen. Uh, first. We got to thank some sponsors. Um, <clears throat> we've got Kinetic Defense, which is Kenny Wilcox. Um, he does CHL classes. He's NRA certified instructor. He does all kind of cool stuff: shoot, move, communicate drills, rifle stuff, pistol classes. Really fun stuff. And then we've got Kinetic Customs, and they uh, they do Kydex. We were just talking about that earlier. They do uh, pretty much if you can dream it up, you need a sheath for it, holster for it. They can make it. Knives, guns, snuff cans. Um, Tactical Tabasco holder. What? They can do it. What? They can do it. <laughs> Keep that thing on you. <laughs> you a chicken nugget holder, they got you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just want to tell them thanks. And then, uh, yeah, let's get started. All right. So, uh, yeah, so we got a, another podcaster on our podcast today and vice versa so what made y'all want to start an outdoors podcast all the cool kids did it now um in all honesty chance we started i didn't realize until a minute ago when i was showing john our logo you realize we started tagged and banded in 2019 Mm -hmm. it's about to be 23 and we're just now like six podcasts in yeah but how long have we actually talked about doing this and actually the, finally did it on, in 19? That's the problem is we, we settled it for too damn long. We had yeah. to get drunk and stuff. For years we've been talking about doing this and just ain't done it. You know, and it started out with, first off, like, would people really believe that we live this way? You know, like when Chance and I lived together, we lived together for a long time. <clears throat> we didn't grocery shop. <clears throat> well, we did, but not for meat. Like... If there was meat being cooked at the house, if it was store-bought, it was sausage. Other than that, because we weren't making our own sausage at the time, but other than that, it was like ducks and deer and fish and stuff. Like, we just wanted to fish for food. And it's just because it's what we love to do. And maybe the occasional pizza from the convenience store. Yeah, Longmore. Here and there. There you go. Right. (laughs) And uh, so we were like, shit, let's just do a podcast. Let's teach people how to hunt and fish. I mean, like... And it originally started out, let's be super educational. And, you know, I still want to teach as much as I can, but I'm just not that. And this is how you do this, and this is how you do that kind of person. Right. Just not at all. Like, I will openly invite people to come hunt and fish with us, and I'll teach you there. (laughs) And a lot of it was to, you know, answer the questions that anybody, you know, starting out, whether it's deer hunting, duck hunting, goose hunting, whatever, or even just wanting to like just shoot, just 
shoot skeet. For the heck shit, of it, yeah. shoot, shoot skeet, target shoot, just whatever. Just a place to where a person can come and ask them questions where usually if they do it on like a like a social media platform and they're going to get dogged right the whole time you know you're an idiot da, 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 you know you should know this you're this old or whatever right. it's a comfortable you know? place right yeah. but i mean like we we've all been there we've all started from exactly. nothing exactly so, exactly but get but, on southeast texas duck hunters on facebook and ask a question right now oh, right right <laughs> people people forget where they come from very quick for sure very quick. but no we we wanted to kind of do the same thing you know we try and get people on that you know that kind of showcase what what all you can do in the outdoor industry right you know like we we just had chess majors on dude that was a cool episode yeah i mean like so like got them on there like how do you do this say i'm out here i've got a deer like i want to want to get it mounted so he's like yeah just you know here's where you make your cuts and everything that's how you do it and i'll tell you right now i learned a shit ton from that i'm not so i've deer hunted my whole life i'm not a huge deer hunter i deer hunt during the split where i can't hunt ducks and i just do it to fill freezers because i mean it takes a whole lot of ducks to fill a freezer and nine times out of ten my ducks never see a freezer they get wrapped in a bacon and throw it on the pit when we get home right or thrown in a jambalaya or you know you make a combo yeah it's yeah we never have ducks left over because we eat them the same day we kill them (coughs) so but yeah like every deer i've ever mounted i just euro mounted it i just boiled it and did it myself and so i didn't know how to skin a deer to mount it i had no idea i've never done it right i i've i there's no shoulder mounts in this house right right like it's i mean there's ducks but that used to be a duck i've only killed two deer in my entire life everything else has been duck hog or <clears throat> dove quail pheasant stuff like that dude the quail that's something i'm gonna shoot a lot of but yeah <clears throat> i i want to i wanted to bring something to you know kind of show people like what what's out there yeah you know and if they have any questions like we have a facebook page we have instagram like Hit us up on there. Have y'all been yeah. getting a lot of questions and stuff on there? I have not. See, and we don't have a whole lot of feedback yet either. But, I mean, we're not far into this yet. I feel like it'll come. It'll yeah, come with time. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've gotten some questions, you know, from some people. You know, uh, when the episode with me and Colton, we kind of talked about scopes and everything. Yeah, yeah, I listened to that one. So, it was like y'all's second episode. Yeah, so we did that, and, you know, somebody had a question on, on scopes, like, you know where do I get this and what to do and this that and the other. Yeah. You know how to how to you know zero a rifle. Right. Right. You know and dude, just, and that's something I didn't think about. Like if I, wow, I never thought about that because it's just like I buy a new gun, throw the bore sighter laser in, throw the crosshairs on it, then we go down the road to the range. Right. And, you know, and check it there. Yeah, of and of course, I've done it my whole life, so it's not even a thought process in it. Right, but you you think of somebody who's just getting into it, like yeah, that's a daunting task. Like you you got a rifle last year and it was good and you shot it and you're like now what? Like perfect example. Like how do I how do I sight this in? Like well, it's it's already sighted in. Right. You just go down to the range, confirm your zero. Right. And then it's well, uh, the shot I'm going to make isn't a hundred yards. 
So should I sight it in at 100? Like, yes, right. you, you'll be fine. Right, right. Like yeah. with, with it within 100 yards, like it's good. But once you get past 100 yards is where you're going to. That's when you're getting shady. Yeah. Right. You, you may have to make some adjustments, but probably not. Right. See, that's, and you saying that, it brings up a memory of <clears throat> my brother-in-law, Casey. Casey never really hunted and stuff growing up. In fact, they never did. He didn't really hunt until he started really hanging out with me. And he just got a wild hair up his ass and decided he wanted a 270 for Christmas. His dad bought it for him. So he had this rifle with no scope for like a year because he didn't have anybody to help him set it up. And so when him and my sister really got together, I was and like. And that, that's another thing. Yeah. Scopes. What do I get? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, well, there's only a bajillion options. Dude, and, and I feel like and when and I was listening to you all. tell you. You know, this is the best, and then somebody's going to tell you right. another one's the best. And That's I was listening to y'all about <clears throat> scopes, and I was like, you know, growing up, it was always Tasco, Simmons, Burris, and and Bushnell. Yeah, Bushnell, and then a loophole, but nobody had money for a loophole. Right. Yeah, yeah, when I was was growing up, a loophole, I was like, man, that's got to be a damn good scope. Yeah, I was like, one day I'll be able to afford one of those. That's got to be top of the line. And then now they're like, they have a cheap line and then they they work their way up. I've got a buddy that has his quote unquote trash scope (laughs) on his trash rifle. It's Taylor. Yeah, (laughs) you know, they own half the world out here, but. It's a it's a loophole on a two oh four that just gets beat to shit in the back floorboard of his truck. You know, and growing up it was like that was a piece of gold, dude. You didn't want that right. just getting thrown it, around. Yeah, it had, if it had the gold ring on it, mm-hmm. like you were somebody. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, that's that's cool. There's there's a lot a lot more to this than than I even realize. Right, and like you said, there there's a lot of stuff that you don't think about because it's it's second nature right when chance and i pull up to a duck hole it's, we don't even talk we've hunted together now for 10 15 years 2010 right after i graduated high school really <clears throat> or good god maybe nine i think it was so i graduated 2009 so that's that about have been the time we started together season. yeah <clears throat> and so nowadays if chance and i pull up to a duck hole we'll pull up and Okay, yeah, we want to hunt right here. We had the pop-up line on the boat. If we pull up on the pop-up, we're like, all right, we're going to face that way. We don't even talk from there. Like, I'll grab decoys and start throwing them off my end of the boat. He throws them off of his. We look at each other. You like them? Yeah, I don't give a damn. We know each other. Like, we know how we're doing shit. Mm -hmm. Right. We set up the blind. We kick back. We pour coffee. You know, but somebody that doesn't do this every day, like, that's got to be a lot to look at. Like, where do I start? Right, right, of course. And, like, that's... Especially you pull up into some of these public marshes, dude. It's huge, right? Oh, yeah. Like are we in, are we in a good spot? Whatever this, that, and the other. Like yeah. <laughs> you're not on the couch. You got you're already in a better spot. Right. Than you could be <laughs> right. Oh, I've done past uh, JD Murphy's on the way here. The line's already out out to the highway right now. <laughs> when when do they when do they open up? Can today's you, today's can, Wednesday. Yeah. Can you hunt in there Thursday? Oh, I don't know. I won't. Um, I know they before till season they were out there a week prior. Yeah, a week people before till up. season, people were already lined up to hunt that Saturday morning. Jeez, dude, I was hunting Murphy's last season when Chance was up in Michigan. Me and our buddy Cajun Mike, <clears throat> I would get off work at five on Friday and be number three in line at five thirty, five forty-five, just to hunt Saturday morning. Uh, that's that's crazy. I mean, that, that's kind of how. <clears throat> the walk-in at Anaway 
used to be now it's it's calling i haven't been yeah there. now it's calling yeah since i did that call in like i haven't i yeah. haven't been out there yeah it's it dude it's it stacks people in there but and it's always the same people and they're always they all hunt the same spot so they all fight over oh, i want this spot this time and you had it last time and it's, it's dumb <clears throat> i try to avoid it now to be honest with you the only one that i would go to if i at the waiting line is probably like keith like which I, that's a a waiting line, get your spot, and then drive all the way to Keith Lake. That's what we were doing that on Sundays, me and Mike. Yeah. And it, dude, that's a haul because you sit there in line. I'd get in line. Like, we'd get done hunting Saturday. I'd screw around the house. <clears throat> Sometime, I don't know, 4 or 5 o'clock, I'd head that way. And uh, I think the closest to the front of the line I ever got was, like, spot 4. And, uh... You sit in line all night. And then, then they come start checking in people at like, what, four? Yeah, like four o'clock. Yeah, like four o'clock, you pull in the gates, you put your sticker on the map, and then you leave from there. Everybody drives right down the road to the donut shop. They put gas in their boats, they get donuts, and then haul ass to the boat ramp. <clears throat> and once you get to the ramp, it's like, you would think it's a dog fight. You know, everybody wants to get to their spot. Then you get to the ramp, everybody's just milling around, I'll get there when I get there, and because you already got your spots picked. Nobody cares. Yeah. See, when we would use boats, me and Cutter Cornette, mm-hmm. we would uh, we'd do all that the night before, and we'd just stay up all night. Yeah. And we would just Dude, shoot the shit, just yeah. do whatever. I can't tell you how and many times. And as soon as we saw headlights turn down the road going to the boat ramp, we'd pop it in reverse, back the boat in the water. We already had all our <coughs> stuff in there. I'd go park the truck, I'd run back to the dock, hop on the boat, and we're headed to the pace track. Yeah. See, we used to hunt mud by a lot, and I don't know how many times we stood there at them signs till 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. Just sitting around, talking, <clears throat> hanging Launch out. the boat at midnight, drive down there to the sign of the marsh, be lined the boats up. Yeah, see, we, we did that like the first time we went teal hunting. Really? And we sat at the signs and got ate up by mosquitoes. You know, we'd Definitely. stay up all night and we'd uh we'd watch the sun come up drinking a Red Bull and eating a protein bar. Yes. Yes. So uh So what that's that's a great segue to, to my my big question there is like what drives you to do those things, you know? What brought you to this world? What what was like the one hunt in your life when you said, you know what, I wanna do this? <clears throat> so it was probably my first year and we lived at we lived in lufkin at the time okay and guy in the neighborhood was running this deer lease we got invited out there so i went with my dad and i was like 12 and i had this remington 730-06 that my dad Hell bought yes. when I was around the time I was born. Hell yes. Heirloom rifle right there. So <clears throat> we went out there uh, first evening. Nothing. And uh, then we hunted all Saturday. And no, not much luck there. And it's Sunday morning still nothing so Sunday evening 
it's getting down to crunch time. Mm-hmm. Do or die time. Yeah, and they said, we're going to put you in this blind right here. Uh, blind, the feeder's going to go off at this time. <clears throat> and then give it about 15 minutes. <clears throat> so feeder goes off. 15 minutes goes by. A doe and a fawn come out. And they're eating at the feeder. And dad's like, all right, well, uh, go ahead and shoot the doe. Well, then they look up, they get spooked, they run off. Oh, no. And <coughs> out trots this buck. I mean, buck just right out. across. Goes back. I mean, he, he's following him. And so then we see the doe and the fawn come back. Like, okay. He's like, there it is. Well, then Buck comes out behind him. He's like, go ahead and get the Buck. So it's off on the corner. I'm I'm out of my chair. I'm leaning forward. In the most awkward position. (laughs) Absolutely. With this 30 out six and just boom. And that sucker picks up. It's on its hind legs and then it takes off. And so, away we go. And we find him. A nice eight point. Hell yeah. And so, then the guy that invited us comes by in his buggy. He's like, all right, well, let's get it loaded up. Loaded up. So, him and my dad grab it, start dragging it. And... My dad will tell you, he was out there catching his breath from dragging this deer <laughs> so far. Yeah. And the other guy looks up. He goes, hey, you see that doe? I go, yeah. He's like, shoot that bitch. So I racked that 30 out six. Out comes the empty. Put in a new one freehand. Just pick up and just boom. And we're off again. Oh, my God. Yeah, if that doesn't hook you, you're just so you're in a coma. That was, uh, yeah, and, and that was MLD lease, too. So, mm-hmm. but, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the excitement in your face telling the story. That's, yeah, so that, that's part of why I ask this question to people. And so then, uh, so we got on that lease. And same day, a year later, shot another deer, shot a doe. So that that was like my day. Yeah. For uh, as far as deer hunting is concerned, but no, that that same year, uh, I got I got that thirty out six for Christmas. Oh, that's cool. So that's really cool. So I've I've still got it. That's that's what's up. But I. Uh, it's pretty near and dear to me, so I don't, I don't really take it out a whole bunch. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, because I don't want nothing to happen to it. Right, right. And I'll, I'll pass it down one day. Oh, definitely. Chance, what about you? What was your moment? Uh, probably when I was like thirteen, when I killed my first deer, and that was probably the only thing I ever I, I actually killed until I got into high school and started duck hunting. Yeah. But uh, my uncle took me. I don't know exactly where it was at now. It's been so long. 
But uh, kind of like what you're saying, we were there for four days. First day, went to this stand, didn't see nothing. That evening, we went back, didn't see nothing. And then that night, we're sitting in camp around fire, eating, you know, backstrap from deer that my uncle had pre uh, previously killed. And uh, where the camp was set up, they actually had like a fence that separated the camp from the road. Okay. Because they still had a bunch of wildlife that would come up and down the road all the time. Right. So they wanted to try to keep it separated as much as they could because there were still mountain lions there. They had axes, whitetail, oh, hell yeah. stuff like that out there. <clears throat> and uh, and road runners. We hit a road a road runner with a golf cart. <laughs> Tell me how that happened. Where, where was this at? Somewhere in Texas. I don't remember exactly West. where. Oh, yeah. Might have been West Texas. Yeah, yeah I, I've spent. It was about a, a drug because my uncle lives in Gidding, so we met him up there around Austin because he was a truck driver at the time. Met him up there, got him or got uh, got in the truck with him. We went to his house, got his stuff, and then drove another six hours. So it had to be somewhere in West Texas. Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, well, Texas is a big country. Oh yeah. Well, that first night we stayed there. First time I'd ever heard an axis. And uh, so my uncle grabbed me. He's like. Walk out that gate right there. I walked out the gate, and there's three of them. There's a buck and two does right there in the road where where all of our or all of their buggies and the little bronco they had mm -hmm. to drive back and forth to the to blinds with. Walking down the road, just uh, biggest can be. Yeah, and then uh, <clears throat> next morning went to a different spot. Didn't see nothing. That evening, saw a few deer, but they never gave us a shot. They'd come in and out all the time, hit the feeder for a couple minutes, and then bail out, you know, back and forth. And then uh, I think it got down to like the last morning, we had went to a different blind, mm -hmm. and this blind is uphill. So we come in on the road and parked literally right, right in front of the blind, but it was like 200 yards downhill right where the truck was so we had to walk 200 yards uphill to the blind and when we set the blind when the sun come up i could see the truck and then kind of caddy corner to my right there was a feeder and all the way to my far left was a feeder and uh my uncle told uh i remember him telling me he said these feeders go off 10 minutes apart He's like, I don't remember what, which one goes off first, but they go off 10 minutes apart. Like, all right. So it was a blind, downhill, the road, feeder, truck, feeder. Well, my uncle's like, he starts nudging me. He's like, look at the deer, look at the deer, look at the deer. And I'm lo looking at the feeders. I'm like, I don't see no deer. What are you talking about? There's a little four-point uh, four walking down the road. And I never saw him until he got almost to the feeder, kind of catty corner to my right. Well, the feeder to the left goes off. And then he he keeps moving on to the one on the right that hadn't went off yet. 
And they're literally all huddled up around the feeder waiting for that one particular to go off. <laughs> when it finally went off, it was like 12 of them just come out of the bushes and just started eating. Well, he wanted me to shoot that first one we saw. I'm like, there's no way. Because the one sitting next to it's bigger. That's what I went with. <laughs> I wasn't looking at horns. I was looking at size. I was like, I want to shoot the biggest one there's out there. I'm hungry, fool. Yeah. And then uh, he said, no, sh- uh, shoot the first one we saw come in. I'm like, I'm like, well, you want me to shoot it in the head or in the butt? Because there's a bush in front of it. He goes, well, then just shoot whichever one you can. Shoot, uh, shoot it in the other shoulder where you're supposed to. Well, see, this is this is where the whole newbie thing comes in. I didn't realize at the time you just shoot him right behind the shoulder. So I shot this thing in the shoulder. Oh, man. Seven mag, <clears throat> 318 yards downhill. And well, that's a big gun. I'm 13 years old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I weigh like 100 pounds at best. Right. So I'm sitting there, sitting there, sitting there, just making sure I got this thing steady and I'm holding on to it real good. And then about the time my uncle takes his, his he has the muffs on, mm-hmm. he took them off to like try to help me and I pulled the trigger. <laughs> Blew him out the blind with this thing. And uh, so, by, so whenever I catch my snap from shooting this cannon, I look up and all the deer are gone. I see like the last two run, running off and they go over another hill down. And I was like, did I get him? And my uncle's sitting there with his eyes closed and his fingers in his ear. He's like, I think so, I think so. <laughs> so we sit there and wait for about 45 minutes and the six point walks out. And at this point in time, I got them shakes. I'm, I'm sitting there shaking. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, can I shoot that one? Can I shoot that one? He goes, no, I'm shooting that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just it gets to the feeder and it looks down and it picks his head 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 up and takes off. So my uncle's like, "Well, I guess you killed it because he seen something on the ground he didn't like and bailed out." So we got out of the blind, went and got in the truck, and walked down there, and there was blood right there where I shot him. I told him I so said he was right here when I pulled the trigger. That's where his front feet were standing, where his back feet were standing. And there was blood right there. And he was like, all right, uh, go and turn the truck off. We'll go, we'll, we'll start tracking it, try to find it. I get about halfway to the truck. And he's like, go ahead and get in it and back it up over here. Your deer's laying down on the ground over here. As soon as I heard, heard, heard him say that deer's right there, that was it. <laughs> I was hooked. I didn't even have to see it, nothing. And then it ended up being a four point, which it was It was a five point, but the fifth point wasn't an inch long yet. So you couldn't really call it a, an actual point. Right, it wasn't long enough to think yeah. about. Well, and then, then I started duck hunting when I was in high school, so. But yeah, uh, that that is that is a good point. Uh, you want to shoot behind the shoulder because <laughs> right. the shoulder is tough. Yeah. Well, yeah, seven mag though. I mean, yeah, yeah. 
Like yeah, you said, man. it's a cannon. Especially oh, at that age, man. That thing oh, had to rock you. Yeah. And the only thing I'd ever shot then, because growing up, my dad didn't hunt right. all at all whenever he was younger. And uh, so I didn't really have anybody to, you know, to guide me through all that in right. the younger days. I had to pretty much learn everything myself. Yeah. So by the time I got there, it was like, I'm just going to shoot it to where it can't walk, you know? Definitely. And then, you know, that big old round. God, yes. I can probably put it almost anywhere and it won't go hard anywhere. No. But, uh, yeah, whenever, because whenever I backed the truck up and I went and helped my uncle pick it up, put it in the bed of the truck, he's like, well, at least you got back strap and this and that. <laughs> you ain't got no front yeah. shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Right. you ain't got no front shoulders left. <laughs> you got a neck rope, some back straps, some back hands. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that. Oh, hell yeah. That, that was it. <clears throat> That's a solid deer. <clears throat> but yeah, man, I, I thought I was, I thought that was really something being, being 12 with a 30 out six, but shit. 13 with a seven bag. Right. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Look, my first deer. I was 12, 13 years old, and I shot it with a 7 mod 8. You know, I mean, that's that's legit a kid's round. I mean, that's – it was a Remington Model 7, 7 mod 8. It was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful rifle. Yeah, but a lot of a lot of people say, say good things about that round. Dude, that is an amazing round. Like, I shot my first probably four deer with 7 mod 8 and absolutely loved it. The only reason I quit shooting that gun is because it was a little bitty Model 7, and it was so compact, and I'm a big gangly dude by that point, that it just it didn't fit. No, no. I looked like a grown-ass kid trying to shoot a youth Model 870, and like it, I was all over that gun. I had to get rid of it. I moved on to something bigger. But Trying like us shooting a little baby gun. Yeah, look like well, yeah, look like I was trying to shoot a red rider, man. Yeah. It was rough. So, with that being said, if you were just getting into this, just starting, hadn't hunted a day in your life, wanted to start now, what would be your beginner gun? Give it a thousand dollar budget to get a rifle, a base. Rings, scope, ammo, whatever else you think you may need. Well, I'm just starting to get back into deer hunting. And All right, I, was well, in, well, what, I was in Michigan last year. All the uh, hunting season. What are, you, what are you looking at then? What, well, what's? I went and got a... Uh, I went and bought the Savage Axis 2 XP bolt-action rifle. Okay. A, I bought it in 308. And it already comes with a vortex. I forget what size uh, scope it is. Three by nine by forty. I got one in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> no, this one. This one's different. It, it's it's a uh, it's a bigger. Oh, yeah, one. you got the two. You got the nicer. Yeah. So, do the Axis XPs come with a vortex scope? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No. Well, the XP does. The the little like the beginner level Axis. Comes with a weaver. Comes with a weaver. Okay, so I, I bought one that came with a weaver. I've got one with a weaver in two forty three that Kyle actually won up here <clears throat> as a Christmas present at a company Christmas party, and I bought it off of him. Oh wow! <clears throat> yeah. Wow. Well, this particular gun, 
I bought it at the actual Sportsman's Warehouse mm-hmm. store in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and it's on their website right now for four four sixty. Just just rifle. Dude, that's a good rings, price. Cause that's a badass scope on that and gun. scope. And, yeah. act, and Savage has always been a great action. Like that's a. That's yeah, this, this so one's I, got I, the adjustable AccuTrigger, <clears throat> all that good stuff. Right. So I mean, mine doesn't even have the AccuTrigger. I've got an Axis two in two eighty Ackley. Oh yeah. So I haven't shot it yet. I I've worked up some hand loads. I gotta 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 try it out and see see what we're working with. But, I got that little Axis uh two forty three with the Weaver scope. I don't know the AccuTrigger. It's just a polymer camo stock. It's got the removable mag on the bottom. That's like the only high-end feature on it. Yeah. And <clears throat> tack driver. Absolute tack driver. 243 is not my favorite round by any means. But it's a... But it's, yeah. a right, it's it's a popular round. It is. By all means. But it uh, is. <clears throat> yeah, because that, that if, particular Savage has the removable magazine also. Right. Right. If I had the $1,000 budget, I would go one of two ways. Let's hear it. So I would do either the Savage Axis. I would do either 308 uh, or 6.5 Creedmoor, and I know I'm going to get a lot of shit for that because a lot of people talk shit about it, but I like it. It's a good round. Or uh, 30 odd even. Um, <clears throat> but with my other $500 that I have left over, <laughs> I would turn around and buy me like a camo jacket and a damn uh, Magellan Game Winner tree climber and then... And a box of bullets, and you're ready to hunt. So, with mine... Or, my other option. Oh, yeah, yeah. i got let, two options. My let, other let's, option. Let's hear that. So, I'd go right up here to Stratton's, and I'd get me a lever 30-30. Uh, okay. And I wouldn't put a scope on it. Or, I probably would, because if you got $1,000, I'd put me a... Um, nothing big. 3 by 9 by 40 um Nothing great big. And just run that. But I'm a big fan of the thirty thirty. Huge fan of the thirty thirty. Right, right. <coughs> so mine so I just I, just got a whole page of notes on what you would do with that. <laughs> so I, I I did thousand dollars just the rifle. So Ruger American in three oh eight. Almost bought that one too. That Ruger American's <laughs> a nice gun. Because I mean Ruger I mean the Ruger American is a nice gun. Some of the Ruger Americans come with a Vortex scope on them. Right. This this particular one I looked at did not. Right. So, and, and that and their customer service is awesome. I got a Ruger American in 243 mm-hmm. with the standard length of pull. Mm-hmm. Looked for a compact stock for the kids. Could not find one. I finally emailed them. And they said, yeah, we'll just send you one. No shit. They mailed me a new stock. With the with the trigger guard, really? Yes, Dude, and the Ruger's just top notch stuff. Oh yeah, but that's I, the, that's just a classic. Yeah, I, I was happy as can be. Like I just like asked them, where can I find one? I, I want to buy one. And yeah, like no worries, we'll just send it to you. <laughs> damn it, like, damn yeah. So that <clears throat> in three hundred eight because uh, every time I go to the store, there's always three hundred eight on the shelf. Always. Always. That's that is something I'm, you will always be able to find. That's why I went with a 308. I right. wanted a 270 because it wasn't as much. I'm a huge 270 fan. But I went with 308 because it's so common. I yep. don't get it almost anywhere. Yep. And just about any grain. Right. Dude, yeah, and you can hunt anything. With right. It's, it's versatile. It's versatile. Yeah. It's a versatile cartridge. 
you can get different loadings. You can get the 150s, 165s, 180 grains. Right. Yeah. Because the ones I ended up getting when I was when I bought the gun, everything come out to like 600 and like some change. I had three three boxes of uh, the federal. Uh, I forget what is it. The Bauer, the gold uh, federal box. Uh, something. Uh, yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> They're 168 grain. Okay. But like you said, I haven't shot that one yet either. I got you. <clears throat> but yeah, 308 due to its availability and versatility. Uh, I went with, it's already got a base on it. It's got a, a 1913 Picatinny scope base Okay. with the rifle. So I went with some SIG mid-height rings. Yeah. I picked the Sig Whiskey Three, three to nine by fifty scope, which I have on that two forty three. It's a good scope for the money. Yeah, I've never shot it. I've heard good things about it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Sig optics are nice, right? And so this is this is a. Uh, I mean, it's a two hundred dollars scope, so you just kind of. For the money, it's yeah, it's it's not it's not bad. <clears throat> and as far as ammo, the what I've seen a lot of is the Norma, dude, hundred fifty grain. They were twenty five bucks a box, and now they're thirty five. So my introduction to Norma was, which their brass is top notch, bro. Norma makes a twenty two round. It was all over the shelves of Academy for a little while. It was only like the only rounds you could buy for twenty two because you know when all the ammo shortage was out. So I bought like eight boxes of it. And uh, oh yeah, the the normal twenty two long rifle. Yeah, because we were I was trapping hogs at the time, <clears throat> and dude, twenty two long rifle on a hog in a trap that's death. And uh, it's not overkill, and you're not you know no suffering. And I bought a bunch of it, dude. Norma's a really good round. So they're, they're, they're known for their brass. So in like reloading, like their brass is awesome. And it was like 25 bucks a box. I was like, holy shit, like this is awesome. Hell yeah. Uh, so like every, any <clears throat> round that I've shot out of that 308 that I've got, I've held on to all the brass. Hell yeah. Because I mean, it's, it's quality. But yeah, so I've got that four boxes of it because I think that's your limit. Still. Right. So and then I just added in one of those uh, claw slings. Yeah. The nylon sling with the little uh, the little rubber rubber yeah deal around the shoulder. I did that and before tax it comes out to eight seventy one ninety two. <laughs> so, My man's over here with a calculator. Oh, oh yeah, I, I added all this up. I'm like thousand dollar budget like. Like yeah. buying everything, but I feel like that would be a pretty solid setup. Oh yeah, for somebody just getting into it. Yeah, but see, that's another thing too is you can get them and piece them together, just like you just explained with the ring scope rifle, all that, and then you can also buy rifles that already come with right, a just scope. a combo. But yeah, in in my experience, like. <clears throat> Most of the time, those scopes really ain't right. Really great. Right. So, yeah, that's. And also, another thing on that 
it's it's hunting season, so they're they're wanting to move product. Oh yeah, absolutely. So you watch out for rebates. You yes. watch out for sales. Mm-hmm. When I bought that Savage, it had a seventy five dollar rebate, and it was two hundred seventy five dollars at the time. Hell yeah! So two hundred dollars. Yeah, I paid two hundred bucks <laughs> for it in like eight seventies. Used to have like a hundred dollar million rebate. Dude, that's right. like a two three hundred dollar shotgun. Yeah. Right. That will last you a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's another thing. So if you're going to bird hunt. I was just about to say And that. you're going to deer hunt. But you can only get one gun. Oh, 870 all day. Yeah. So it, <clears throat> it kind of gives you okay. the best of both worlds. You can run buckshot or slugs through it. If you're just starting a duck hunt, what's your, what's your shotgun? What's your go-to shotgun just starting a duck hunt? Well... <clears throat> I'd imagine if you were just starting a dunk hunt, you would get a pump shotgun to start out with. 100%. I'd go with an 870. What about uh, you, Chance? 870 all day. <laughs> Me too. So, <laughs> yeah, but... That's the, just, like, such a no-brainer question, though. Yeah. Honesty. <laughs> but, I mean, there for a while, when uh, well, Remington was even, belly up... Yeah, I was about what, to say. Can mm-hmm. we even get 870s anymore? Yeah. Are they still making them? Yeah. Yeah, I... But they're different quality now. They're not as good as they used to be. I don't think. Oh, just like everything else. Yeah. So I've got two Remington 700s. One's a 30 out six that is as old as I am. And then in like 2013, I bought a 308. Mm-hmm. And I I can tell the difference. That 30 out six, the bolt's a lot smoother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The. But, the older Remingtons had the, um, <clears throat> oh man, like the Mauser action bolts in them, and they were yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot, most all of your rifles are based off of Mauser action. Have you seen the Mauser USA rifles, pre-scoped, ready to go, package deal? I I think so. But I almost I mean, bought one two years ago, but I, I don't know. There, there's there. there's a reason. I mean, the Mauser action is a strong action. Oh yeah. I mean, th- there's a reason we uh, we we kind of ditched the thirty forty crag and stole that action and made the nineteen oh three Springfield. Yeah. And then took it to France to fight the people who came up with the Mauser action. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's a solid action. It is. I mean, and it's been around forever. Right. Very, very proven. So, but, yeah, that's that's my pick for a rifle. I like if, that. If you're going to bird and deer hunt and can only afford one, Remington 870, buckshot with with deer, buckshot or slugs with deer, and then bird shot, steel shot with yeah. whatever birds you're hunting. 100% agree. Mm-hmm. I, I actually do... I don't know why, but I want to shoot a deer with a with a shotgun. Um, See, that's something I've never done. I've never hunted a deer with a shotgun. A buddy of mine asked me about it today, and I said, you know, there's there's some states where you have to use a shotgun. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then there's other states where you have to use a straight wall cartridge. Mm-hmm. Which that's is how, uh, that's what we found out in Michigan or up there. Oh, so your three hundred eight wasn't going to work? No. Well, that, <clears throat> I bet they sell a lot of three fifty legend. Yes. And 450 Bushmaster. Yes. Yeah. And then a lot of muzzleloader stuff. Yeah. A yeah. lot of it. Yeah. You yeah. have a big mu- muzzleloader season. Yes. 
Yeah. The, <coughs> is, is there a muzzleloader season here? Yeah, there is. It's okay. um, it's like a week after regular season. It's like a week long after regular rifle season. So by that point, you know, I mean, in Southeast Texas, in all honesty, the end of deer season is it's it's a scarcity to even shoot a deer as is. So. Right. I th- it, like deer season ends like a week after it starts. Dude, it's, yeah, because they're they're skittish after that. You know, oh, yeah. that brings up a good point. That's how duck season is too. And that's exactly where I was going. With <laughs> right. That. Which, which speaking of that, John, how's your duck season been? Well, I have. I went the last day of teal season. Yeah. And that's the only time I've been. I went on one, two, three, four, five, five teal hunts. And then uh, Big Duck hadn't been working a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Duck season is the magical time of the year where everything you need breaks. Everything you need breaks. We bent a boat trailer the week before Big Duck season opened. Oh. So I grabbed another boat. I thought opening day. No, that was was the day before youth weekend that we bent the trailer. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. And then so I grabbed my girlfriend's boat that had been set up for... Two years in her yard. I walked out there, hit the starter, it fired up and cranked. I said, all right, we're good. We're running this bitch in the morning. Like a jackass. And it said, you thought. <laughs> Dude, I launched it. I made it 100 yards down the by, and it fell on its face. And uh, turned around, came back in, started working on it. It's fuel issues. It's all trashed up. <clears throat> oh, of course. And uh, I haven't hunted yet. Last weekend, I was sick as shit, so I didn't hunt. Chance you hadn't hunted this duck season yet either, have you? No, the only time we went was, or the only time I went is when we went with Taylor Thompson. Yep, on that teal hunt. Yep, and that's it. And I just went to, I think I started, I started that turnaround the day after. Dude, what sucks about all this is the birds are here this year. Oh, everybody's smashing everywhere. Dude, when I was broke down at the boat ramp, they were shooting at Chase's place. They were shooting at the place across from our <clears> step <throat> blind. They were shooting all the way around me, mm-hmm. all the way around me. Yeah, but I also think we're we're getting a lot better weather this year. Oh, absolutely! It's I mean, dude, it w- it's currently forty five degrees in November at eight fifty five at night. Yeah, and that mid, doesn't happen in November. Yeah, yeah, yeah November sixteenth. That yeah. doesn't happen in Southeast Texas. It's normally what? ninety right now. Right, right. I mean, we had a, a week's worth of cold weather last year. Yeah, yeah. Like we might actually have a winter this year. <clears throat> but I mean, the year before it, it froze and snowed and. All right. kinds of wild stuff. Like, right. We never get snow. No, not at all. But that was after season, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it yeah, always yeah. gets really cold yeah. after season. Yeah. It pushes all the birds down after. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, after season ends, it, 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 it'll it freeze. It'll get cold. And, oh, yeah. And that's – I talk to people from up north or from out of state or wherever, and they're like, I don't know why you, you guys complain so much about duck hunting. It's, it's so easy. You just sit on the river and shoot birds. And I'm like, motherfucker – by the time the birds get to us, they've seen every mojo, every jerk cord, every flock of flicker, every waka flock of whatever. They're, I've seen day one birds be call shy and decoy shy. You know, I mean, that's, dude. Right. I mean, and like geese, you get some geese coming, like, oh man, they're coming in. They see water, they either elevate themselves like five miles. Yep. Or they will skirt all the way around every it. body of water they see. Let them see a mojo. They're going to the Walmart, son. 
<laughs> Let them see a mojo wingspan. They are not coming within a hundred miles of you. Oh yeah, they're out. <clears throat> they're like teal season though. It's dude, teal are thicker than mosquitoes. It's stupid. They, they're easy. They're, they're dumb. They come in and just like dude, you put out six mojo dove and two decoys, and just don't shoot the mojos, boys, and shoot a limit. I wish they would let us shoot squealers during teal season. Oh by the time duck season God. comes out, you don't ever see They're them. You know, there was a thing in legislation about an early squealer season in our part of Texas. There ought to be. They, I mean, dude, I, they terrorize their ice crop around here. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely I mean, destroy. <clears throat> Can't shoot sandhills here, so. No. I mean, I know one guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, a, hell, dude, but, speaking of that guy, you know who I'm talking oh, about, right? Yeah. Oh, God. He opened go. a guide service. I saw that. But... That's a discussion for other times. I mean, I'll tell you, like I'll tell, like I tell anyone else, if he can do, if they let him, and he <laughs> can do it, more power let to him. him. Let yeah. him, yeah. yeah, more power to him. Yeah, I mean, like, but that's just crazy. <clears throat> it, it is crazy, <clears throat> but I mean, by all means, if he, has, I mean, if he has every right to do it, yeah, then, like, he's got just as much right as we do, I right? Guess. So, like. Who are we to to stop him? Right. Just I'm not crazy. worried about stopping him, much less like how, like how. Like, <laughs> how does that even happen? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. It, it's it's yeah, <laughs> it's it's weird, but but back on the, the squealer end. thing, <laughs> that's every plant in Southeast Texas uh, landscaping service right there is oh, the God, squealers. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Hell, go drive over, through any neighborhood <coughs> where you live and you're covered in them. Oh, yeah. Covered in them. <coughs> I could get me a really high-powered uh, high pellet gun. I will limit out on squealers every day <laughs> in my backyard. Got the old whisper varmint, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, speaking and of... And white-winged dove. Oh, God, yes. White-winged dove. Thick around here. So, I have a question that's not even on our notes, but we're talking about getting into stuff. If you... Or just starting out duck hunting, or if you saw somebody that was just starting out duck hunting, what would you t- suggest to them? They buy like they don't have a damn thing. <clears throat> okay, I'll take that back. They've got a shotgun. Outside of a gun, what's your suggested gear? Dozen teal decoys, hundred and fifty dollar pair of waders. Not even that. Get the fishing waders, and get you a cheap ass pair of shoes. Yeah, there you go. Get the stocking foot fishing because neoprene waders are hot and you sweat your ass off. Dude, I avoid neoprene waders like the plague. <laughs> I went. Uh, what's what's the marsh that you go down to Crystal Beach? Mud Bay uh, or McFadden? McFadden. McFadden. The Mud Bay and Central Unit and all. I that. went there. It was forty degrees. It was like thirty-five, forty. It was pretty cold. <clears throat> Put on my neoprene waders, like no big deal. <clears throat> had my jacket on and everything we were walking back and it got hot i'm sweating my ass off i'm dragging my waders behind me walking down a gravel road and i'm tender-footed by the I, time you get to your duck blind i was pouring sweat yep. and so, you freeze to death <clears throat> because you sweat your ass off all the way there and then you right, sit still so in your blind. just get the cheap magellan fishing waders 
The stocking foot ones. Yeah, the breathable fly fisher shit. Don't challenge with Nikes. You damn right. Exactly. <laughs> Don't worry about waiter boots or whatever. Little zip up ones like they tear and like yeah they don't last yeah the little straps to pull them up yeah they they rip off. So I had a I had a pair like a lace up boots that I just put on over it, Mm -hmm. and they they lasted a good bit. But then they it got to where they tore. I'm like cool like I'll just go buy a cheap ass pair of shoes. Exactly. That on the the fishing ones you can roll them up real tight. Right. So right they take up less room. Oh absolutely, and they're light. And you're not just out there dying. On the decoys, chance, is there any, like, certain <clears throat> till decoys you would suggest to buy? Mm, well, game winners kind of stepped, stepped up their game on their decoys what? past, what, four or five well, years? Well, if you're starting out, I'd right? imagine you don't really have a big budget. You know, a big budget. So, yeah. uh, I check garage sales. Oh, yeah. yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Whatever, fa- Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, somebody There's get, always something getting out of it. Yeah. There's always somebody getting out of it. Facebook Marketplace. I, I had somebody. It's like, hey, I've got all these decoys. Do you want them? I'm like, yeah. I got. Dude, anytime anybody offers decoys, I'll go pick up every one. I got like oh, yeah. four bags of decoys. I didn't care what was in them. I mean, no, hell I mean, no. it's old like Flambeau decoys yeah. from the '90s and stuff. Like, cool. Like, it's just, dude. And if they're if they got bad paint, spray paint them, dudes, flat black, and throw them on the water. Put a white bill on it, spray paint it flat back, flat black with a white bill, and throw it on the water. Yeah, make a coat out of it. I'm telling you, and the birds or a black fall jack into it. Oh yeah, because look, flat black. Put a little flat white down the center of its back and white on the bill. The birds fall into it. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, like, you're bound to find somebody that's getting rid of decoys. You know, a garage sale. Something like an estate sale. Mm-hmm. No, uh, I agree. I agree. Uh, that or like I would go with the cheapest yep. set of decoys. Uh, the 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 Texas rigs mm-hmm. are really nice, but it's you, it's you, not a necessity. You could buy the little lead weight packs. Yep. With the little nylon yeah. string and just tie string to all. Dude, them, I have wrap used, them up around the keels. I've used nuts and bolts, spark plugs, locks. All kind of crap oh, for decoy yeah. weights. Yeah, I mean, but <clears throat> with the little strap weights, they're yeah. easy because they just wrap around the keel. Right. Uh, uh, weighted keels. It, it's they're nice to have. I'm not a big fan of them, but I made my own weighted keels. Really? I had a set of decoys that weren't weighted. I got a couple tubes of silicone and a bag of sand. Hell yeah! And I filled that. Filled with sand. <clears throat> I filled that uh, thing with sand. You had some teal that had weighted keels, and they were foam filled, dude. Mm-hmm. It felt like you were chunking a car battery on a string when you threw these decoys. <laughs> yeah. uh, dude, and if you went to throw it, and like for whatever reason didn't let go, yeah, your head gets cold, and you don't quite let go, and you won't do. It would pull right. your shoulder out of socket. Jeez. And then the keels actually detached from the actual bird. Yes. Oh no, no. Because they had stuff you can buy separately. To make feet for it and stand it up like, like in a field, yeah. yeah. So, uh, whenever I got started, I got my dad's decoys. That's how I got started. And he had some old flambeau teal decoys. That's, I had some old flambeau ma- mallards. I mean, he had, I mean, he had a, mallards and all kinds of stuff. But uh, <clears throat> he had the the teal decoys with flambeau, and I had never seen them anywhere. And then I think I was in like late charles and i went into walmart and they had them 
Hell yeah. New in the box. I'm like, holy shit. Hell yeah. Like, yeah, uh, my first had and they were decoys. cheap too. Yeah, yeah. My my, uh, my first set of decoys were a dozen mallards, twelve hens, twelve drakes, and they were flambos. They were flambos. Yep. I remember hunting over those. <clears throat> I might still have a couple left. There's still one or two of them left <clears throat> in the spread. Yeah, because yeah, we put those on jerk cord all the time. Yep. But yeah, I would say go cheap on the decoys. I agree. Yeah. Get used decoys. But if you're getting new, what about a call? Would you go with a collar or would you just hope for the best? So, I've run a budget <clears throat> duck commander good at Academy. Or, I mean, sure shot 650 baby. It's $20. You can pick them up anywhere. Or, oh, well, there you go. Or that goddamn Haydale DR85, the old crack pipe. Yeah. yeah. So, I remember being out <clears throat> on the porch and dad had this dual track uh, cassette tape player. Mm hmm. And we'd listen to uh, Rod Haydell's cassette, yep. and we'd blow duck calls. It was probably actually uh, Eli Haydell's cassette. It was Rod's daddy. <clears throat> okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was probably Mr. Eli. Yeah, so, yeah, it was Eli. He was yeah. a bad dude. He was a really cool guy. Yeah, Mr. So, Rod's a really cool guy. <clears throat> so a really cool guy. I remember we, we had the, the VHS, mm-hmm. VHS of them. We had the cassette tape. <clears throat> we had our Haydell's calls. Man, I... My calls got left somewhere, and the dog got a hold of them. Oh, gosh. I had a little uh, <clears throat> teal call, a uh-huh. Haydale's teal call. Uh-huh. I had that thing forever, and the dog chewed that thing up. Uh, now It's the one with the little metal reed in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So now a little metal <clears throat> voice. Yeah, now they're, now they're blue. Yeah. The plastic's blue. Yep. I, mine was clear. I know exactly what you're talking about. So I took one of those apart. I'll finish your story. I'll I had one for years, and the dog got a hold of it a while back, and <clears throat> I was I was a little upset. Yeah, but I do see that Sure Shot has a teal call now. Sure Shot's always had a teal call. They just haven't been well. Or, <clears throat> or they have a new teal call. They have a new teal call. I've, that is I've seen absolutely legit. Absolutely. So see, I grew up in a Sure Shot family. So my granddad won the world in 62 on a Jensen, which, and then my uncle and two of my cousins worked for SureShot. So, I mean, that's, SureShot calls are all over my house. That and stepping duck calls that my uncle makes. Is he still making those? Man, here and there. He's kind of gotten off of it. So I I remember when I first met you, I asked about it. I'm like, my dad's got two of them. Yeah. There's still guys, I'll run into guys here and there that still have them, that still hunt with them. Uh, I've... I've probably given away five dozen of them over the years, but uh, I've still got two or three kicking around that I use. But my go-to calls that Yenton one too. I mean, that's that's the main drop on my lanyard, and I use the shit out of it, and I absolutely love it. But uh, oh, another another one that got ate up was a uh, was a red leg. I hate oh, those red leg. Man, I love the red leg. Man, because the red leg and the dirty rice are probably two of my favorites. <clears throat> so my my dad had a red leg, and I always like, man, that thing's so cool. I'm gonna have one one day, and I did, and the dog ate it up. I bought a. Uh, she's goofy. Can't have nothing. Else. I bought a two call pack <laughs> from Rod himself <clears throat> at uh, GNH Feed and Seed in Jennings, Louisiana. Oh. And uh, it was a red leg and a sizzle, which the red leg was the double read and the sizzle was the single re- version of it. The sizzle was a blue acrylic. Okay. And uh, 
I was standing there, I was talking to Rod, and I was like, man, I've got just about every one of them you got. So I love them. And he was like, well, why are you buying more? I said, because I want more. And he was like, I ain't going to tell you not to spend your money with me. <laughs> and he hands me that pack, and he was like, you'll like it. And I was like, man, I've, I've blown a red leg before. I don't have one. I said, I've never even seen this sizzle. And he was like, well, now you have. I said, yeah, I guess I'm going to have to do it. And, dude, I'm a big fan of both of them. But, so here's my thing on the call, too. If you're just starting out, which I've been able to call probably since I've been able to talk. If you're just starting out, calling's not the easiest, and it is slightly intimidating. Right. So, I, yeah, don't get discouraged on it. Yeah. So my advice on that is buy you a cheap duck call, throw that bitch in the cup holder of your truck, and anytime you're driving down the road, could quack, 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 quack your ass off. If you want to go home and drive everybody in your house crazy, go for it. They'll get tired of it eventually, though. Oh, yeah. But uh, there is hundreds and hundreds of YouTube videos. Oh, God, yes. Don't ask me to teach you. I just know how to do it. I cannot teach somebody how to call. But yeah. so there, there's been plenty of times, though, that I have seen a call do more damage than it does good. Is what I'm getting at with that. Don't be afraid. Overcalling. Yeah, overcalling or being, hit, trying to be extremely loud. Yes, being too loud or hitting the notes wrong. In all honesty, where we hunt, if you hit your notes wrong on the call, them birds know it, and they're out. So don't be afraid if you're starting out to sit over decoys and watch them work. If they're going to come in, they're going to come in regardless if you quack or not. Right. Nine times out of ten. A lot of times when I'm calling birds, and Chance, you, you and I are the same way on this, if they're just flying slow and they're looking for a place to go, I'll just give them one or two quacks and hey, we're over here, and leave them alone and let them finish. I mean, you can you can blow them out real quick. With yeah, them. like in in till season, if they were coming at us, uh huh, we're quiet. Yeah, don't you know, even just touch. Kind of watch them. Yeah, watch them. If they buzz if by, they buzz, hit them on the corners. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hit them. See if they turn around. If they start working, I mean, just when they're when they're not facing you, just just give them a little bit. Yeah, and when they're turning on the corners away from <clears> you. Just, you know, and if they don't want it, they don't want it. Don't so, sit there and yell at them. Somewhere around here, kids been messing with it. I've got a Sure Shot six hundred. Uh huh. It's it's somewhere. Uh, in that bowl is probably a DR eighty five and a six fifty. Hell yeah! So, I, I let the kids go mess around with them, go blow on them, yeah, do whatever. Definitely. But uh, another question: Just starting out, camo. Oh, you gotta have sicko if you don't kill those. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even say that with a straight Oh man. <laughs> no, in all honesty, man, for me, when it comes to camo, hell up, my cup even has it. I like the old school pattern. Um but patterns don't really in all honesty, I don't think <clears throat> your camo pattern fucking matters. Wear camo that you can afford. Okay? Don't fucking go spend six hundred dollars on Sitka and hunt twice. In a whole season. Ow. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's stupid. Like, why? Why make this $600 commitment to some fucking camo? Right. And, and like, nine times out of ten, if you've got on a earthy colored hat and you keep your damn eyes covered and you're not pie facing them, you can hunt in a green t shirt and hammer ducks. So. All about concealment. Exactly. Basically. Pull more vegetation around you. Cover yourself the fuck up with the shit around you and stay still. Right. Now, what if what if where you're at is a lot of spot and stalk? 
on on deer hunting deer elk you know whatever then it's going to matter a little bit more but it's more about being still right i mean think about this and i know this is a weird perspective to look at it from but a vietnam war od greens all day i've I've, so i've got a set so a vietnam era i went to a vietnam reenactment one time right and I was thinking to myself the whole time. And I was in the Army at the time. I was like, man. And at the time, we were still wearing BDUs. But I was like, man, these guys are stuck out like sore throat, solid green. You know, at least we got camo. Well, this guy, like, you're in, like, this immersed thing, right? And, like, you wind up in this firefight, and these guys are working around you, and they're fighting. Well, this guy runs up past us, and he lays down on the prone, and he's just laying there still for a while. <clears throat> I forgot he was laying there. I never saw this asshole till he stood up, and he was from me to you, from me. So that brings up another point on something affordable: military surplus. All day. Oh yeah. Like, All I sh- day. I showed you long. the picture of my first deer. Yep. I'm wearing BDU. Yep. I'm that, wearing an M65 field jacket. That's what I've hunted in until BDU pants until probably high school. <clears throat> and so. Also, I'm I'm a big fan of multicam. Like, oh god, yes, I love like, it's it's awesome. God, I love multicam. Uh, but no, and like you get so much cool gear. Like, instead of spending hundreds of dollars on gloves, yeah, I've got a set of extreme cold weather mittens. ECWS mittens. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. With the big string that's mm-hmm. tied to them, you can hang them around your neck. Mm-hmm. And they've got the liners in them. They got yep. the fur on the back of the hand. Yep. Uh, they are in their ACU. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and I I paid 20, there is, 20, 30 bucks for them. There is a company out there called Coleman Supply. And that's all they sell is military surplus gear. Dude, you can get on there and get full freaking camo for cheap as shit and go hunt. Yeah. And I'll tell you right <clears> now, <throat> nine times out of ten when I'm duck hunting, it is blue jeans. Some damn lacrosse hip boots. And I only say lacrosse because that's what lasts for me. Right. You can buy the cheap Magellans. I can't get a season out of them. But I'm rough on everything. Right. But I like around here, like, that, that's the thing to have is lacrosse hip boots. Right. Yeah. Like, lacrosse hip boots around here is like Sitka anywhere else. You know, like, if you don't have lacrosse hip boots, then are you really even a duck hunter? <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> oh, maybe <laughs> my man, you don't have a pair right now. No. <laughs> you did, <laughs> and only Lord knows where the hell them things are. At. <laughs> I love it. Maybe, no, I'll, maybe. maybe. I'll, I'll tell you. I uh, the last set I bought, uh, so hip boots or knee boots. I think it was hip boots. Uh, farm and home. Yeah, across from the hospital. They <clears throat> they had the best price. Yeah, because I saw some. They, I mean, I looked at Academy. I called them, see if they had any. Went there. They had my size. And they told me the price. I'm like, this is like 20 bucks cheaper. And $30 less gas. Yeah. And, <laughs> Absolutely. And they were like, yeah, like we, we, you know, we try and help the people out around here. Well, this was actually the first time I actually seen lacrosse hip boots at Academy in a long time. And yeah, they're kind of hit or miss there. Yeah. yeah. The only two they had was a size 7 and a size 13. 
Well, Hamilton would have been taken care of. But, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I could have got the other pair for my son. Maybe he may have fit the sevens. <laughs> Give him 30 minutes, he will. <laughs> or he, he won't. Or he will. Yeah, or he'll need the 13. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, but, yeah. Like, oh, honestly, that's <clears> what I – dude, I hunt in whatever ball cap I have on that day, which nine times out of ten is an earthy color. A long sleeve camo shirt. Maybe a camo hoodie, but it's normally pretty mild around And here. also, like, if you're going to go to a sporting goods store, go after season when they're trying to clear out all the camo. Bro, Academy. I go to Academy at the end of season every year and buy clearance camo like a motherfucker. Every year. Absolutely. I mean, it... You're stupid if you don't. Yeah, I mean, like, it's... Because I go through camo like crazy. Like a pullover three-quarter zip like Chance has on right now. I'll get hot and throw that in the back of the boat, and, and I'll forget out. it's there. Exactly. And I've, I've got like 12 of them on 73 now. Well, this is one you actually give me. That I, I thought it was. You bought it for like 20, 30 bucks, and it was I too small. I bought it for 15 at Ross, and I knew it wasn't going to fit me, but I knew it would probably fit you. 15, 15 bucks? $15 at Ross is where I bought that. That is Under, under Armour Armour. Camo. Yes. yes. Under Armour. Ross. I mean, it's thin. Like, it ain't like going, not, going out there now when it gets windy, like, you were going to be cold. Oh, yeah. The, the wind will cut through it, but. Yeah. I mean, lay, layer up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, like, and that's another thing that, and that caught me off guard. But, dude, just keep your eyes open when you're out and about. I mean, you can find camo for cheap, for really cheap. And it might not all match, but who gives a shit? Right. <clears throat> no, uh, which a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of people say if you mix up your camo, too, that's even better than having all the same. I've heard that. And then there's people that, that say the opposite of that. They say it's camo clash. There's too many uh, Different conflicting patterns. patterns. I don't think that's very true at all. But you're duck hunting. You're going to be you're gonna be submerged in Dude, grass, reeds, And the argument whatever. that I have to that is, and you and I have had this conversation 38,000 times. We hunt Taylor's and Hildebrand bio a lot. Dude, our bias with all the hurricanes, there's trash everywhere. Yeah, and they change daily. Yeah, and like we used to hunt next to a freaking pink big wheel. I'd sit on the damn thing and hunt. <laughs> oh yeah, it washed up in a in a, in a hurricane. So I used a refrigerator as a blind one time. Yeah, you can't tell. There's a damn city trash can sticking half out of the out of the water where where we killed piles of ducks. You can't tell me that your camo being different colors is going to make a difference. Oh yeah, you just can't. And then, after Harvey, the bayou was so low and there was so much stuff everywhere, we'll be sitting there duck hunting like empty fuel cans are floating by, you know, bouncing off decoys. And birds are still coming in, doesn't even give a damn. Right. I had a cooler lid float through the decoys, take out like eight of them, push them out in the main by, and we I didn't chase it down because birds were still working me. You know, so I mean... You know, they get used to seeing shit. Like, it's just part of it, I reckon. But I don't yeah. know. I just think that getting out there and getting started has to be intimidating for somebody that didn't grow up doing it. You know? But my number one number one suggestion, if they're from Texas, is go buy you a Type 2 permit. Because oh, yeah, yeah. Because it, it comes with a book. And that book has... All this type two listings, yeah. right? Study I mean, it. Yeah, find something stuff close to everywhere. 
Dude, there's more type 2 duck hunting than I ever knew existed. Ever knew existed. Oh, yeah, right there. And in so Grove, that's what, an extra 50 bucks? It's 50 on, bucks, dude. Yeah, extra 50 bucks on your hunting license. Yeah. I mean, right there in the Grove, there's so many places you can go that's within a 15-minute drive time. Right. And go park your truck, put your stuff on, and then walk maybe a mile on a levee and then bail off somewhere and go hunt. Yeah. You know, and then usually now they're and a lot of that stuff's not pressured no because nobody's walking in no more exactly nobody wants to walk in me and john were talking about that earlier he said something about walking i said walk in hell we got to go devil for a reason so i might do it every now and then just just to do it right because i was asking how many decoys are you packing yeah okay that's the thing and that's that's a good question i have a really really different outlook on decoys and I, I'd said this for a long time that I'd wanted her to do this, and I never could bring myself to do it. I did it last year. You know how many decoys I like to throw, John? How many? Three. That's a that's a light load if you're walking in. Three decoys. And I know that's intimidating as shit. It's scary. It doesn't make sense. Right, but everybody else is throwing out how many? Exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, like... Exactly. They're, they're not dumb. They've been flying from Canada down to southeast Texas to the Gulf of Mexico. Exactly. And our bird numbers have been real low. <clears throat> I did it last year. Bird numbers were stupid low. We hunted out there where you were talking about in that public stuff, mm-hmm. uh, out by Keith Lake. Keith Lake. And me and Mike, Cajun Mike, I threw three pintail decoys just because they have some white on them. There are three pintail decoys dead center in front of us. That was it. And we sat back, and he was like, this ain't going to work. I said, I tell you what, we'll give it three flights. If it don't work, I'll throw the rest of them. And we sat back, and no lie, dude. Sun started coming up. That early flight of teal, they, we see them coming from, right, from our right to us, and they worked these guys over, and they worked them, and they worked them, and one of them kind of swung out wide and saw us, and shoof. I just fell in on this. I never made a sound. And the rest of them saw it, and they just fell right in with it. We wound up shooting a limit in like, I don't know, 45 minutes or so in public land. Close enough that you can see the next decoy spread from you with three decoys. Right. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things about hunting public, though. Like, God, it's so competitive. I know, and then people just like set up right beside you like, hey, bro. Dude, and what sucks is like you can sticker a pond. And I'm hunting here, and somebody will come behind you, and they'll stick her, like, right down from you. But that's not where they actually hunt. They hunt closer to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It sucks. But then, that's another thing, too. You know, especially down here, like, we've been talking about these birds see so much coming from Canada all the way down here. And sometimes less is more. Yeah, it really is. That uh, Because we guy. don't even... Because we, we might use a mojo, what, the first two, three weeks of season, and that's it. That's and it. we put it up. That's it. I won't, uh, even now, I won't get it back out. No. I really won't. On the, especially on the bio. It won't work on the bio right now. Right. In the marsh, it probably still will for a little while. But for whatever, and Maybe. there's not as many people hunting the bio, but for whatever reason, mojos in the bio don't work. And then maybe it's just in the marsh. It's just an attention getter. Yeah. Which I like the remote control. 
on the motor. Oh, yeah, or you can turn it on and off. Yeah, because they'll see it and come your way, but and then you turn it off and they'll come in and finish. A lot of times they'll see it and it gets their attention. They'll come your way, but they won't land on it. If you can turn it off, they'll finish. A lot of times. Right. Yeah. I've I've seen a few people with that where they just turn it on and once mm-hmm. they start working, they just turn it off and yep. get them to finish. Yep. I keep the remote on my call lanyard. I just turn it off and work them in. How many decoys you pack? I would say no more than 18. Dozen and a half. I like that. I'm definitely less is more kind of approach. I'll do a half dozen, a dozen. I will. If I throw two dozen decoys, it's because we're on a big freaking hole. And I only put them there because, like, I don't want them to land real far to my right or real far to my left. And that's where I put my decoys so they can't land there. And I put a big open pocket in front of me. That's always my theory, too, on decoys. Put your decoys where you don't want the birds to be. Because they ain't going to land on your decoy. You say that, but theoretically they won't. But right, you get a group of redheads, redheads will freaking land on top of your decoys. They're stupid. <laughs> but, but, yeah, uh, I guess the last last time I went into the uh, walk-in in Anahuac, we got this goose field. And I think it was after Harvey... Yeah, it was after Harvey. Uh, and they didn't cut the rice. That was in that field. So it's all uncut. So we tried stomping out some stuff, throwing some decoys out. Sun come up. I'm like, you can't even see the decoys. No. So we just pass shot everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, cause, I mean, they were flying by low enough. We just pop up and just boom, boom. Yeah. Well, see, that's a lot. Lot of some of the stuff that we actually kill on the bayou too is pass shots, right? Because most of the stuff we actually hunt is actually in between two hunt clubs, and they are bouncing birds back and forth, and, and we're right. Just I mean, so, so you have to, because I mean, they're not, they're not, they're not going to work and just <laughs> no, land right there. No, you, no. they'll see you and slow down and kind of check up, and, you're, boop, boop, and that's all you get. Yeah, I mean, you're you're not you're not the place they want to be. No, no, we're in between the place that they came from and the place they want to be. Right. So, and we're close enough that they're not in such an elevation that you can't shoot. Them. Right. So they just kind of dip down and see yeah. what's going on, and you just boom, boom, and exactly. that's mm-hmm. it. Exactly. There's three places you'll kill a duck. That's probably why I bought that Kicks High Flyer. Yeah. I was yeah. trying to think of the reason why I bought it the other night. You I bought that High Flyer while we were hunting the Big Island so much. That too. So there's three places. I was always told this, and I 100% agree with it. There's three places you'll kill a duck. Where he wants to be, where he's on his way to, in that magical spot in between. Yep. It's really the truth. <clears throat> yeah, where we hunt, but you've been to where, to one of the places we hunt at. You may yeah, it's, with us forever it's, ago. But yeah, it's been a long time. We actually have a, a legit blind built there now. And, okay. Uh, across from us now is leased out to a duck lease. And then right down from a buddy of mine has a bunch of rice fields there. And uh, Southern Wings Outfitters, Byron Fisher and Shanty Sean, they're actually guiding on it. Okay, so yeah, they're they're stirring they're yeah. stirring a lot of stuff up. So they're keeping everything bounced around. And when I don't hunt there, I hunt down the way at my buddy's ranch. Uh, you know the big ranch on 365, the old Hemingway Ranch? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we hunt back there, my buddy Taylor Fisher. And uh, Okay, yeah, I've, I met Taylor at my brother's wedding. Yeah, that's a whole yeah. other conversation. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> he's quite the creature. Yeah, I, I just he uh, 
and we we shook hands and told him who I was and he's like he's like you Justin's brother I said yeah he's like I'm sorry <laughs> told me who he was I'm like you wouldn't have to be kind of Byron he's like yeah it's my brother I'm like oh I'm sorry he just kind of looked at me all confused he's like well thanks <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's one of my best friends he's yeah he's Taylor but yeah. uh so we hunt I either hunt his place a blind that's right down from his place and then there's so they're hunting and then there's another place right down from him hunting and another place you know and everybody's hunting all the way around us on the weekends we hammer right on the weekdays like when the guides are, are shooting we're good but if there's nobody hunting around us you ain't shooting it's, damn it's dead yeah yeah which it was anything. like that for a couple years nobody was hunting around there except yeah. us and our seasons were pretty shitty if we were hunting by you they were which that brings me to this so i know you said that you, you when'd you move down here uh well i mean i i grew up here we we lived in lufkin for like five years oh, okay. so, and then okay. we moved back down so, so. when did you start duck hunting down here when you were young uh, kind of like I'd, I'd go with my dad okay so, but I, I got into it myself, like, right out of high school. Okay. Well, and that works, too. So, comparatively to when you first started duck hunting to now, how do the bird numbers look to you? So, I, man, I, I don't go as much as I used to. Right. You know, uh, kids and stuff will do that. They will. That's why I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I lucked out. But, no, I... Uh, what I've seen is, you know, the past few years have been a little rough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rougher in a stucco bathtub. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the bird numbers are definitely on a decline uh, in our area. And there's a lot of reason for that. And that's what I was I'm kind of alluding to. I like to hear people's theory on the reason to that. I've got theories. I've got ideas. Uh, Chance and I both are on the board for Delta Waterfowl, which we have a uh, banquet coming up. So, okay yeah let me know we'll uh, we'll talk about it here a little bit and we'll get you in if you want um <clears throat> and we can also get you with our uh our president if you want to do a podcast with him he definitely wants to do one with us he's a great guy okay uh, but anyway uh there, there's there's so many things that factor into it but bird numbers in southeast texas just fucking suck now yeah i mean and and from back in the days of when like my dad was hunting and everything god yes god but yes. There, there was a lot more going on there's a lot but, more farming there was a lot right right and, well, and and so you bring up the farming thing one of the big theories is that the combines have gotten so advanced so you know like john deere and shit you can set your fields and it'll cut by gps and you only leave like a minuscule amount of rice in the field when right. you used to there was all kind of rice getting left so there's not as much feed down here but uh you know i remember being young i'm talking young like six eight years old around this time of year if i walked outside right now this time of night all you heard was geese honking right oh, yeah when's yeah. the last time you heard geese around here it's been a while had it but- yeah, I it's mean, crazy. anytime you do, they're way up in there. Dude, sky high. That's what. Yeah, I mean, we, we lived outside of Winnie. Right. And I used to hear geese all, all the time. The time. All the time. Yeah, and growing what, up, I mean, you just hear them hollering. hollering. Yes. And so you just look around and like, oh, they're right there. Yeah. And they're just. 
People make fun of me all the time because when I hear them honking, I stop and I'm all looking for them. Yeah. Like, you can't shoot them. It doesn't matter. I'm like, we don't see them like we used to. I've got to watch them. Yeah. You know? So it's. I want to see where they're going. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be where they're going. Yeah. <laughs> With my black pot, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's been a while. But uh, back some years ago, it was close to Christmas. It was either before or after Christmas. Uh, me and Colton went on a duck hunt. We're eating lunch at Macho's. Hell yeah. And my grandfather calls me and says, hey, there's uh, there's geese in the backside of the pasture. It had rained so much, there was like two or three inches of standing water back there. Just enough for gooses. And it butts up to Halley's rice fields. Oh, hell yeah. So those rice fields were full. His, rice, his, his field's off 73? No, off of I ten. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly where you're talking about. Like, I drove through there earlier, out, and I was thinking about it. Yeah, out west, and uh, so told Colton. He's like, "Man, we need to go crawl them." I'm like, "It's 50 acres of just flat land. Like, there's nowhere to hide. Like, we're gonna get busted. We're not gonna get shit." Yeah, it's yeah, it's wasted effort. I was like, "What we need to do is we need to." come up with a plan we need to set out some decoys in the morning and we need to sit out there and let them come in yeah be there before they are and so that's what we did we you know uh so colton's like all right cool so he called me he's like hey man this guy's gonna come join us he's got a utility trailer full of full bodies and silo socks i'm like all right cool so we all meet up there and i got drunk the night before so I mean, that's what you do the night before. I like. Man, it, it it wasn't so bad right then. So we set out all the decoys and stuff. We didn't even set out near what we wanted to, but it was getting daylight. So this guy also had an A-frame blind. Oh hell yeah! So we uh, sit down and we wait, and then we call them and call them, and then they start spiraling in. And we'd have one volley come by, just boom, 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 boom. And then the rest of them would pick up, and there's still more just piling up on top of us. It was stupid. Stupid. God. We killed like 40 geese. God. Snows? Yes. Oh. And a speckle belly. One speckle belly. But, you know, get up, go out there, pick up geese, stop, puke. Repeat the process. Dude, I I was I was miserable, but that was that was a pretty fun hunt. So speaking of that hunt, what is y'all's most memorable hunts? Like the one that sticks out in your mind when you think about hunting. What one hunt sticks out in your mind the most? Chances think it's so damn hard it looked like your smoke about to come out of your ear. Man, I don't know. Man, I'd, I'd have to say my uh, my first year. Mine was with you in Port O'Connor, Texas. So, yeah, Chance, my my most memorable hunt was actually with you in Port O'Connor. And uh, we went with this guy that we know. And uh, he built it to me. So I met him. I met him through duck calling contests. Okay. And uh, he was a judge in some contests. And uh, Chance and I went up. We went to Katie. I was calling in a contest. 
And uh, we got shooting the shit. He was a great guy. We talked to him forever. And uh, hell, he wound up paying my entry fees for me. And uh, he was like, y'all come out and hunt with me. Y'all come out and hunt with me. He's like, you know, y'all are good guys. He's like, well, I'll put you on some redheads. And by this point, dude, we shoot redheads. I mean, I've got pictures on pictures on pictures of redheads. Chance has one on his wall. Like, Yeah, he was pretty yeah, surpri- I, surprised when I told him I had one mounted already on the wall. Yeah, I, I think we shot a redhead that morning. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. Yeah. We, Oh, yeah. you. We shoot redheads on the bar religiously. What was that? What was that for? Why did we all get together and go hunting? It was somebody's bachelor that was, party. Uh, Josh. Josh. Menard's Josh. Yeah. Bachelor Josh's party. bachelor party. Yep. That was a good day, though. It was. We <laughs> didn't shoot shit, but good God, it was a fun day. We shot like three redhead drakes. Yeah. Well, we, and like two teal. <laughs> but we had a damn good time good doing God, it. Good God. That was a very fun hunt. But anyway, we, we haul ass and we go on this hunt. And uh, we get up there. Well, we rode with him from his yeah, house. Met him in wherever the hell he lived. Yeah, we met him at his house and rode with him. And this dude drives like a bat out of hell. Jeez. All the way to POC. I mean, all <laughs> the way. So we get up there, and he is lodged with this old guy in his house. Like, the three of us are bunking in his bedroom that looks like the old man must have had a garden, and he was, like, canning stuff and had it all, like, in mason jars on shelves. And it was, like, so it's, like, shelves full of, like, canned okra and peaches and pears and whatever, and then a bed. And then canned whatever, and then a bed. <laughs> this guy doomsday prepping or what? <laughs> That's what it looked like. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I slept on a comforter that was just folded out on, like, a stack of, like, canned canned peppers and green beans yeah. and whatever else yeah like i'm pretty sure my bed was just a stack of national geographics with a freaking pad on it like really weird so whatever we get up there uh first off you know me and chance we we drank a lot of beer and he's making this whole big spiel about oh, y'all, y'all ain't getting drunk up here and blah blah blah, blah. and we're like <clears throat> We're on a guided hunt. Like, I am a guide. Like, I know how these things work. Like, this is vacation. We're coming up here to drink beer, shoot ducks, and have a good time, you know? So, finally, he's like, well, y'all can buy some beer, but the old man doesn't like y'all drinking. Doesn't like people drinking at his house. So, we buy, like, a 12-pack, and the old man comes outside, and we're trying to hide it. And he's like, oh, hell yeah. He winds up drinking beer with us. <laughs> yeah. The guy was like, we about time with, y'all brought beer. Yeah. The guy we went with just wasn't having it. So whatever. So we go on this hunt, dude. Our first hunt was an evening hunt, wasn't it? No, it was a morning. It was a morning. It was it a was, really dark morning. It was like storming or something. Yeah, it was morning, evening, morning, evening, and morning. Yeah. So we go on this morning hunt, dude. And I will tell you, yes, I've shot redheads. But the redheads of Port O'Connor. They thick. Dude. Dude. Like, thicker than any old girl in the bar you've ever seen, son. <laughs> Bruh. Like, that's thicker, than a, that's, that's thicker than a Golden Corral girl. Bro. And they, they fly by the thousands. And if two of them turn, all of them are coming. Yeah. It's stupid. Like, what tripped me out about that whole particular deal, with just, just strictly with the redheads, because he told us we were... We were going to go shoot redheads and pintail and then maybe something else 
here and there. So when we put decoys out, we literally put decoys two or three foot away from the bank. You know, usually you chunk them out there. Yeah, he had his decoy in so close to us. Freaked yeah. me out. And which it made sense because when these redheads would come in, they come in by the hundreds. And they come in... On the outskirts of what's already there. Yeah, they land on the backside of your decoys. They don't land between you and the decoys. They okay. don't land on the outside. Of, they land on the backside. So yeah, I mean, you threw like, them out there, which you would usually do in a regular... Like if you're duck hunting here. Right, right, because you don't want to draw attention to yourself. You, right. Yeah, because but that's what they're going to be looking at. Instead of an open pocket in front of you, they were like two or three foot off the bank in front of you. Yeah. It was so weird. So, so if, weird the way they pocket it. So if you threw them out there like you usually would here, they would land beyond your decoys. Yeah, they, they'd go further back. Yeah. 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 So we're sitting in this blind of oleanders. Oleanders. <laughs> not, don't mess up my oleanders. He was weird about his oleanders, dude. Like, for the longest. Like, to the point that chances <laughs> I were, like, for years later, we would see him and be like, you want some oleanders? Like, it was. Oh, yeah. It was a running joke it, for a long time. The longest of times. <laughs> I'll still text him every now and then. Be like, what, what should I brush this blind with? He's like, go find some oleanders. <laughs> I, it, it's, it's the it's best bad. thing in the world. To they stay green all year long. <laughs> but anyway, we're sitting in this blind, and all it is is you had like these pieces of fiberglass that we set on the ground so you don't sink in the mud, and these fold-out chairs, and these oleanders stuck in the ground all the way around you and to make a blind. And it worked. It was very, very successful. <clears throat> it was, I, I liked it. So we're sitting in this blind, and he goes, oh, right here, right here, right here. And he quacks at them, and he's like, they're behind us, don't move. And I'm like, whatever, bro. So I'm just sitting still, and you hear, and everything, no lie, the sky goes from like this dreary to pitch black. (laughs) Pitch black. I'm dead serious. And about the time that you realize it's going black from ducks... The first, like, three are coming over you, and they just turn and just fall into your decoys. And it's just like a wave of birds. And he's like, remember, you can only shoot two. <laughs> we stand up, and I shot once and just quit shooting. <laughs> you ever seen them them rice birds or yes. what they call it, purple martins or something? Yeah, Out in the rice field? How they fly in the big patterns? Yeah, That's yeah. what they look like That's when they a, come in decoys. Exactly what they look oh, like. Dude, so these things fall in on us just... We stand up, boof. I shot once and I saw like three birds falling. I'm like, I ain't doing it again. <laughs> Tech shot once. I don't know how many times he shot. His dog. His dog would pick up birds. I'll give her that. His dog did not have a sit or a stay or a back or a over or a obedience or any commands. It just had a uh, guns were shooting. I'm running and picking up birds. Jeez, I, I've got a, I've got a dog story after this. Oh my god! And I've hunted by this point. We've been hunting on my dog for years. That will not go unless you freaking absolutely tell him to. And will not go pick up a second bird unless you pick that bird up out of his fucking mouth. Yeah, <laughs> that's a funny story too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like he knows his job. Okay. So I'm not used to this shit. So we shoot, and next thing I know, this dog is running past me, and I'm like, "What the fuck is happening?" So what? A bunch of chaos. We wind up with all these redheads in the blind. He's like, "Which one of y'all shot a hen?" No, motherfucker. No, take no, no, no. 
Different hunt. I know exactly what you're oh, talking that about. Was That's like, a different hunt. That was two hunts later. Yes. Okay, so we shoot our redheads. Maybe it was the first hunt that we shot the pintail on. That was the same hunt we shot the pintail. So we wind up with these pintail. I don't know. They kind of all ran together on me. But we wind up with these pintail, bro. And if you've ever hunted with Chance Gallier, this man pulls off the most phenomenal, crazy shots you will ever see in your life. <laughs> now, a decoy and bird stands every chance in the world with him. If it's 5,000 miles away from you going at Mach 20, it's fucking dead. <laughs> but if it's decoyed at his face, or if it's a wood duck that landed on the water, he ain't going to hit it. That bird is totally safe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so these, this pair of pintails swoop around the, our, our blind. And Chance is on the left side, and they're just rolling. And Chance stands up and levels off, and Homeboy goes, don't shoot that. You'll never hit him. And Chance goes, boom. And he looks back at him and goes, both with one shot. What you talking about? No, <laughs> just, no, no. Reverse that. It was the redheads. It was redheads? It was. Because we, we had move spots the next day. Oh, uh, okay. And there was like six redheads that were flying in a V straight at us. And they were pretty high. And we were sitting down. I was on the far far left. He was on the right. Jeremy was in the middle. Or no, the guy was in the middle. Yeah. And uh, he says, and then we're sitting there watching these birds coming right over. It's like, they aren't checking up. They're, I mean, they're flying pretty slow. And at the last second, he says, don't shoot. They're too far, too out of range. And I just kind of laughed at him. And I still sat in my chair. I picked my gun straight up and pulled the trigger. That's a different <laughs> one. You shot a pintail way the fuck no, to our left. It's the same hunt, but it was, it was, it was later. Okay. Didn't even look at these. Like the last time I saw the birds, I was looking straight, and I had I was just looking like past my bill. And it was the last time I saw them. I just picked my gun straight up, pulled the trigger. A drake and a hen fell right there, on the bank in front of us. Jeez. And then later, <clears throat> we had these pin, uh, pintails work about ten of them, and uh, they circled and circled about three or four times. Wouldn't come any closer. And, well, our guy was like, well, you've already shot some that uh, I didn't think anybody could hit, so see if you can hit one of those. Oh, yeah, 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 I do remember that. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, I'm going to shoot shoot the biggest one. And the biggest one was a drake, and it was leading the whole, the whole flight. When I picked up on him, it was straight out in front of me, and I maybe went 90 degrees left and pulled the trigger, stone dead. And he's like, there's no way in hell I would have ever thought anybody would would have made those shots like Man, that. Man, <clears throat> there was some stuff like that with me and Cutter. We're out in the pace track. You know, the sun comes up, all that is shooting light. We don't see anything, and then we have a pair of model ducks. And he <clears throat> folds up the hen, and this drake takes off. So I get on the call, hit him with it. Well, he turns around. He Hell comes, yeah. He comes back. I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool. I fold him up. So he's walking over to get these birds. I mean, I, I, he hops out of the boat. I hop out of the boat. He's like, hey, I'll, I'll get him. I'll get him. Don't worry. Well, about that time, I turn around. I see a gray duck all the way across the pond. I'm like, oh, shit. I threw my gun up. I was like, man, this, this is a long shot. Like, I don't think I got it. Just. Boom, and it just folds up and skips across the water. 
Hell yeah. And I'm like, damn. And <laughs> he saw it. He's like, God damn, that was a hell of a shot. <laughs> that POC hunt. <clears throat> Remember when we shot them widgeon? Yeah. Dude, so we've got these birds working. Redheads. And he goes, there's widgeon. There's widgeon. There's widgeon. And he's like, forget them redheads. There's widgeon. We're like, all right, cool. And he starts, pop, beep, pop, beep, pop, beep. And he's all hollering at these widgeon. And they come smoking into us, dude. And they stand straight up. And Chance and I stood up and shoot. And Chance goes, that's a fucking pintail. (laughs) I shoot, boom, and rolled him. That widgeon's tail feather was so long that in his silhouette, it looked like a bull sprig. It looked mm-hmm. like a bull sprig. Because yeah, there was three of them. We all, uh, each of us shot one. You have all them pictures still? They were on your old Facebook. They were on my old Facebook, but I can't get to it. I can't get to it either. <sighs> Time's yeah, cruel, But bitch. the one, because for whatever reason, well, we had hunted that same spot that morning. So the sun come up behind us. Well, we decided to go go there again, knowing the sun was going to set in front of right, us. Right, set in your face. Yeah. So when these pinta or these widgeon decided to come in right in our face the the only thing we saw was the silhouette and the one that i shot i saw them two little short sprigs that's usually about inch inch and a half long maybe on a widgeon and usually on a pintail they're a whole lot longer <laughs> right a half a bird yeah and uh so when I pulled up and I pulled trigger and I folded them, I was like, there's no way that was a widgeon. That was a pintail. And uh, they were like, no, that's a widgeon. That's a widgeon. Sure enough, dog comes brings it in, all three of them. And they're all widgeon drakes. And when I brought, because uh, I bring all of my birds to Bruce. Uh, to uh, Bubba, Bubba, Bubba Andres. Bubba Andres. Yeah, that, that's, that's who did that pintail right there. Yeah. I bring them to him. And I told him I had a I had a pintail and a widgeon I was gonna bring to him, and I brought him in a Walmart plastic bag, you no know, head tucked in the wing, all that good stuff. And he said, "I thought you were bringing me ducks." And I was like, "Yeah, it's a pintail and a widgeon." He goes, "There ain't no way." <laughs> He's like, "That's that has to be geese." And I was like, "No, that's ducks." And he opened that that a bag of that widgeon. He said, "He said." If anybody else would have brought this thing in here, I would have thought, like, they were fucking with me. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, the redheads we shot there, their heads were the size of this snuff can. Jeez. That All was right. the biggest fucking ducks. <clears throat> but we shot a spoonbill, a pair of spoonbills. They were the size of teal down here. Yeah, and the teal we shot over there were the size of, like, doves over here. Yeah. It was the weirdest shit. Weird. The teal were tiny. I'm talking tiny. And the pin the, the spoonies were, were the size of teal. But them so redheads they're, they're and pintails and widgeon. Huge. Dude, like they were you see in fucking a horses. They were enormous. <clears throat> every I'm telling you, every redhead, pintail, and widgeon that we shot there could have gone on the wall. Every one of them was Mount Worthy. Oh yeah. <clears throat> every single one of them. I wish I could pull up the pictures right now. <clears throat> Dude, it was ungodly. That was the, it was a screwed up deal. We went up there. Supposedly it was gonna be a free hunt. Then we get there and he's like, "I'm gonna need money for gas." 
And then while we're there, he starts hitting us up about money, 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 money. So we give him all the cash we have. And then he's like, y'all don't have any more. I'll go to the ATM for you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a bad deal. And because uh, he invited us to come out for free. And then he was supposed to be guiding us. We wound up setting the blinds. We wound up calling. We wound up. I mean. Yeah, because it was a la- uh, last minute deal. Yeah. Because he called us like, like yeah. the night before. Was yeah. Like, hey, you know, people cancel. Y'all want to go. Yeah. And like the way he he said it to me, like he had a hunt booked and they backed out. Y'all want to go on this guided trip? It's already paid for. Come on. I called him. I said, hey, I said, how much it going to cost? Oh, don't worry about it. I just need a little help for gas. Not a problem. Dude, and this was 18 years ago. So, dude, I gave him like $50 for gas. 18 years ago, that I got you to Port O'Connor and back, son, like right. twice. Uh, we ended up paying gas on the way there, way back, and then was like two, $300 on top of that just for the actual hunt. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. We shot three-man limits every hunt, every single hunt. But good God. It, it was it was a messed up deal, but it was a fun deal. Like, I think if I had done that with anybody else, I'd have been just pissed and beyond myself the entire time. But I had a blast. It was, it was probably one of my most memorable hunts. Yeah, d- despite it being a, an absolute shit show. Yeah, I think uh, maybe that's part of why it stands out in my memory yeah. so well. It was like we had to go on a. It was like we were on a like a. It was like self garden field trip. Self guided with a with a wannabe guide with you. <laughs> yeah, we had to go to bed at a certain time. I had to wake up at a oh, certain. Oh God, time. I forgot about that. All right, oh, guys, yeah. it's curfew. Dude, we were Lights like hanging out, out yeah. drinking beer, talking. It was like, hey, it's time to go to bed. And I'm like. Ugh. What? <laughs> like, cool, man. We'll be in there in a little bit. Yeah. See you in the morning. Yeah. He's like, I don't want y'all waking me up when you come in. <laughs> That's fine. We won't come in. <laughs> we'll, we'll drink beer all night and still out and shoot you tomorrow morning. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And like, he he shot the same gun I was shooting. He and was that, shooting that. And that particular gun that I have, if I shoot it one time or 25 times, I have to clean it. If I don't, the next next time I use it, it's gonna jam. Trash. Yeah, it's it was old Remington eight eighty seven. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I had one of those. And uh, it was like next level deal. Like oh, it's all coated in polymer, so yeah. it won't rust. <laughs> it also doesn't right. shoot. Right. <laughs> you shoot around through it. Don't, you better clean it right then and there. You ain't gonna be able to shoot the next one. God damn. <clears throat> But uh, he was he was putting like like marine bearing grease in it. Yes. Like yes. Like no WD forty or like copies or nothing like that. He was spraying. And then uh, marine corrosion X, corrosion X, and some kind of marine grade grease. Yeah. yeah. Spray grease. Like an aerosol spray grease. You know, like you use on track booms and stuff like that. Like that red aerosol spray grease. Yeah. Yes, sir. It it was thick and had a red tint to it. Yes, sir. And like you can tell where like all the all the mechanics were like were rubbing, and they would slide back and forth. And where it would stop, all this grease was piling up right there where all this stuff would stop. Yeah. And it's like it really looked like weird. an old knuckle on a on a traco. 
Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. It was crazy. 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 So, all that being said, John, what's your most memorable <laughs> Man. Good or I, bad, I, apparently. I, or I a mean, mix of the both. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I did say it was, uh, it was my first year, but, uh, man, I, I, we, me and Cutter Cornette did have some fun going out to the pace track. I love the pace track, man. Oh, well, we, let me rephrase that. I used to love the pace track. So too fat and old for it now. <laughs> I mean, we'd take the boat out there. There was one time, you know, we're hunting, you know, and we're, we're you know, it's just a, a usual day out there. And, uh, well, I mean, we hear this guy, you know, behind us, and it's like on the job training. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because like it's like on the job training. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because we hear back. Oh God, yes. There's always back. that word. I wish all back. My- Mike Holm was here to tell you a story that I, my first time I brought him to Mud by uh, to by, I mean, but by he's you. Told me, he's told we, me we that just a few times. I just keep hearing just back, back, back. I'm like, bro, get up and go get your goddamn duck because your dog's not doing it right. clearly. Right. <laughs> and then I hear I you know he'd do that and then stop. I'm like, okay, cool. And then back. I'm like, oh my god! And then I'd hear from behind there, boom, boom, boom. I'm like, I, I hope he shot that dog. I hope <laughs> you like, gotta tell your story, Chad. Hope like hell, he shot this goddamn dog. And then after the three shots, bang! I'm like, son of a bitch! <laughs> Did you shoot this bitch! I'm like, god. I have, a, I have a, a similar story. I took my buddy Mike out. Uh, mud Bayou his first time ever being duck hunting he couldn't even shoot didn't have a license nothing he just wanted to go and I was going by myself and which I really don't do very often and uh he's like especially not out there yeah he's like well let me go I'll uh, I'll just sit in the blind with you I'm like right, whatever cool let's go so we went and we're setting up the blind and the whole time setting up setting up the blind just like you're saying, but he was a ways in front of us, and the way the wind wind was blowing could have been the same guy. Maybe he <laughs> very well could have. Maybe same guy, same dog, just yeah. same trainer. This dude is right. He's constantly hollering. Give it up, guy. Yeah. You, your your dog doesn't have it. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I know the trainer. I can't say that name on here either. <laughs> well, shooting time comes around. I I I had already shot. Two gadwall and a spoonie, and it's probably thirty minutes into it. And I'm going to pick up that that spoonie I just shot, and I'm almost back to the blind. And here he, he starts doing it again, and you can hear this dog trampling through the water, trampling through the decoy. You can hear decoy because the way up the wind's and, blowing. Yeah, yeah, I can hear everything. And uh, he's constantly going, constantly going, constantly going. And by the time I decided to say what I had to say, the wind died down for like a half a second. I just, I turned around. I was like, "Shoot that motherfucker!" <laughs> and then it stopped. I didn't hear a word out of that guy 
<laughs> the rest of the morning. And then he well, packed up and left. But right. I'm getting to that part. Well, I'm making my way back into the boat. And my buddy Mike is on the floor of the boat rolling. He can't breathe, laughing his ass off. And then we're sitting there hanging out. And then here comes some more uh, gadwall because gadwalls are ate up in mud, mud, uh, mud, mud by you. And I'm sitting there quacking at them, quacking at them. Next thing I know, here comes a boat. Blows past me, past my decoys. Gives me a big, flips me the bird, hollering some shit. I couldn't hear what he was saying. And he went on about his way. I'm like, I told Mike, I was like, you better get ready because he's probably going to be waiting on me at the, at the boat ramp. <laughs> <laughs> right. Him and his untrained dog. Yeah. Don't worry, though. Once he gets there, that dog's going to get out of that boat, and he's going to be chasing him around the parking lot. He ain't got time to deal with you. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you talk about gadwall being thick and mud by. Gadwall and mud by is the first bird my dog ever picked up in mud by. Mm-hmm. It was a gadwall. <clears throat> uh, speaking of dogs and yelling back and all that shit, so my dog now is 13 years old, 12, 13. We've done the math on this a couple times. So we can't ever remember. He's old as piss, okay? He's deaf. And, John, when I tell you he's deaf. He, he is deaf. This motherfucker will sleep by the front door because he has, like, separation anxiety. And whenever you come in from work and you open the door, he doesn't wake up till you hit his big ass with the door. Okay? Like, he can't hear a goddamn thing. But if you go hunting without him and you come home, there's hell to pay. He'll piss in my boots, dude. <laughs> so, I still bring you hunting with me, old bastard. And uh, on the last hunt of last season is when I realized he was deaf. He was getting bad around that time. He's really bad now, but uh, <laughs> we shoot out a bird. He's kind of half-ass blind too. He's kind of starting to develop some cataracts. Well, we shoot out like some birds in front of him and one way right of him. Well, he's marked the ones in front of him. He never saw the one that was right. So I start trying to cast him to my right. And that dude turns around and looks at me like, I don't know why you're telling me what to do. <laughs> and I realize that I'm the asshole in the marsh yelling over at my dog. Like, I'm the dude that we've made fun of, like, my entire <laughs> life. So I yell out, you know your job, dog. Just keep working. And I just sit down. <laughs> <laughs> there's these other guys that went up hunting with us they just looked at me and just died laughing I was like I don't want to be that asshole yelled at my dog in the marsh just right. don't shoot him he'll come back eventually yeah he, he found his bird and he brought it back but god he picked up one during till season <laughs> we went on a hunt at Taylor and his rice field and we shot this till and he's real bad. If he picks up a bird awkward, he's not going to put it down to readjust. He will not put a bird down until he puts it in your hand, bottom line. So he picks this bird up by its belly, <clears throat> and the wing's covering his face. Well, this deaf bastard drove it back to me, and I whistled to him, and he takes a hard left. Exact opposite direction of where I need him to go. He's on a levee headed to the buggy, son. And I'm like, the blind's over here, jackass. And I'm yelling at him, and he starts running harder away from me. <laughs> like oh my god you're so deaf that you think i'm over there and now you got a wig in front of your face you can't see where you're going so he just stops he's standing there so i hit the whistle t-t-t-t-t-t-t. 
he takes a right into the rice field and just takes off. By this time, Kyle's already like in a beeline to him. Kyle gets up to him and he touches him. That dog drops the bird. And all you see is every bit of, like, motherfuck come across this dog's face. He just slumps down when he realizes how far away from the blind he is. Dude, he walks his old fat ass back up to the blind. And he looks at me like, why'd you let me do that? No, like, asshole, it was you that did it. And he just lays down. I look stupid now. Right, right. And it's all my fault. Right. Appreciate it, guys. Oh, man. Oh, Hunting with a dog is such a game changer. Such a game changer. Hell, me and him had a little episode whenever he was young. <laughs> he was, this was probably when he was really starting to get good at what he did. Probably about year two, three, maybe he'd been hunting. Yeah. We had, we had shot a teal that was still, like we wounded it, so it could still swim. And it took off. And so I jumped in the boat with Jensen, and Jensen's on the front of the boat on the deck, and it was just a ply, sheet of plywood up there. Didn't have no carpet, no nothing. It was slickered out shit. Yeah. Oh, God. So, and then this was back when we were still hunting a 12-foot aluminum riveted boat with a trolling motor on the back of it. 29-pound thrust trolling motor on the back of a 12-foot <laughs> riveted boat, son. Me and, me and Jensen rolling down the bayou trying to catch up to this bird well he finally sees it and before i could stop the trolling motor like slow it down enough to where he can get off and swim and go get it he bails off this thing and when all of his weight gets on his back two legs because he's about to do like like the avery dive all of his weight gets on them back two legs and they slip out from under him and the, he just the first thing that hits the water is his nose Dude, <laughs> just I'm in the blind and all I see is my dog's tail and asshole going underwater <laughs> <laughs> and I freak out so I hit reverse I didn't want to run him over so I hit reverse and he gets up and he, he's out he's going to get the duck so he gets it and I'm trying to meet him because we're almost out out in the middle of the main bayou by this point in time so I'm swimming up to him and he's coming towards me well, I was going to try to grab him. I was going to try to go to the front of the boat, grab him, and bring him into the boat with me. Well, I wasn't quick enough, apparently. I killed the trolling motor, went to the front of the boat, and by the time I get to the front of the boat, he's about the middle of it, still in the water. So I try to reach to grab his collar and pick him up. Well, I barely nicked that collar with, with, with the tip of my fingers, just enough to slow him down, and he went under. Gone. I'm like... Instant regret, freaked out. <laughs> like, this is the end of my hunting career. I just drowned his dog. Well, he pops back up, and when he popped back up, he comes straight to me then because I'm not moving. I picked him up in there, and he deliberately stood on top of me and then finally shook off. <laughs> and it was like I had just went to Splash Town. <laughs> I come back, I am dripping wet. And he and he will not give me that bird to save his life. He, would, he brought it to me. He would not let Chance take <laughs> would it. Would not. Would not let him touch it. The whole way back, I am trying to get it from him, and he's just he's just kind of like side eyeing me, like like you you just try to drown me. I ain't giving you a damn oh, thing. Oh man. He uh, we hunted on the island one time. And Chance always sits on my left. I always sit on the right. We had some birds come in on the left, and he shot both of them. He went out and picked him up, brought him a chance. 
we had some birds come in from the right to left, and they went up in front of Chance. He shot one of them. He goes out, picks it up. He sits next to Chance. <laughs> like, dog, you're going to get back over here on your place? And he just looks at me like, motherfucker, you shoot some birds, and I'll sit by you. <laughs> 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 like, this dog has an attitude, son. Oh, man. It's fun. Yeah, we, uh, on that teal hunt I went on this season, uh, I went with Cutter, and he's got a dog he's trying to, to get going. Uh, little German short-haired pointer. Oh, hell yeah. I thought he had a, a different kind of dog. Yeah, so <clears throat> she, uh, she, he's like, I haven't really brought her on much. He's like, I, you know, I'm just coming out here. I don't have anybody just yeah, wanting to, uh, wanting to work the dog. I mean, <clears throat> she did good. I mean, we had, we crippled one and we looked all over for it. Couldn't find it. And right before we were going to give up on it, go back, and she just darts across and just goes and just picks up. No shit. I was like, I'm like, man, we walked all over that duck. Uh Uh-huh. It's crazy how they blend in. You don't see them. Yeah. I mean, we never saw I'm like, hey, we, we were just right there, and that dog just... That's this uh, needle in a haystack. This band right here come off a blue wing hen. <clears throat> I shot her first bird opening day of season. <clears throat> our blind sitting here. We're all facing this way, and she came around and swooped around the backside of us. And I was like, "What the hell with y'all?" And I spun around and shot her. I didn't have my dog because it was opening day and it was still hot, you know. Right. And uh, there's about a six foot alligator. That hangs out around where we were hunting that day. So I didn't bring dog. And we saw a lot of moccasins the weekend before there, too. Yeah, there's a bunch of water moccasins. There's Nutri-Rats. There's all kind of shit that my dog is going to try to eat. And I'm not really worried about them eating him. I'm just worried about he's an idiot and he'll try to eat them. Uh, So I go walking around behind the blind looking for the bird. I'm about to give up on it, dude. And I look down and I see this band. <clears throat> I start yelling, that bitch got jewelry. Dude, but, dude. A bird on their belly, you would think that lighter color belly would stand out. Bruh. Right, it, yeah, it blends in pretty good. Like, I almost stepped on her. Like, it is crazy how much, especially a hen, how much they blend in. <clears throat> it's insane. Right, or the, the teal in early season because they're... Yeah, they're not fully plumed yet. Yeah. Yeah, they all look the same. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean... They will blend into a rice field. God, yes. Big time. Dude, and even in green growth, like, a, a bird will just absolutely blend into it. Like, I mean, so that that's what, the, <coughs> that's what that bird did. It swam over to somewhere and just hunkered down. Yep. And that goes back to where we were talking about camo. As long as you're still, you ain't going to be seen. You know, you got something to break up your silhouette, the shape of you. Right. And you stay and still. And you blend in, like. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know. They're 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 made with their nature's camouflage, right? But right, hell, there is a camo pattern feather flush. Really, you ever seen it? Uh, uh-uh. it looks like drakes, and they're like staggered, or no, they're hens. It's called feather flush. Okay, yeah. check it out. Okay. Wouldn't that be some shit? A bunch of ducks <coughs> fly in. They see a big old a, a huge duck. And they're like, nah, <laughs> well, that's a big nah, bitch. Hell no, that's a forty pound duck. Everybody talks about. <laughs> <laughs> you ever heard that song 40 pound duck uh-uh oh my god i can't find it anymore so never mind but <laughs> <laughs> the hell yeah 
So, uh, you got any deer hunts planned for this year? Uh, I do not. Uh, we we put in doing? for some. We put in for some draw hunts. Uh, my deer hunt last year was kind of last minute. Gotcha. It uh, it happened at Thanksgiving. Hell yeah! <clears throat> so I got to go and do that, and uh, yeah, it's like yeah. So it's you know it's buck season, so saw some small bucks, and then saw that spike and had a new rifle that I wanted to to try out and. He, yeah, may as well. Uh, he he messed around long enough. <coughs> I was like, look, look, dude, like the more I, you fuck gave, around, the more you gonna find out. That's it. Like I, I like <laughs> I, I gave you more than enough chance to move out of here. And I'm gonna tell you right now, people talk shit about shooting spikes, but look, boy, I've looked in many, many, many recipe books in my life, and I've seen a thousand and one ways to cook a deer, and never seen a way to cook them antlers. So right, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. Like you, I'm just hungry. I just want to eat. Yeah, you can badmouth all you want, but uh, <laughs> spike twelve point thirty eight point. I don't care. But that <laughs> you're going in my freezer. You know that that's on the freezer. That's what's on the freezer right now. Yeah, so, exactly. Like, yeah, didn't matter. Yeah, hundred percent. We fill in the freezer, so absolutely. But oh man. It's been a long one. Y'all yeah. ready to wind this down? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been fun. I, I've enjoyed it. It has. Uh, shit, this might turn into like two whole episodes. Uh, maybe we'll we'll see how it shakes out. Oh, yeah. You got the glory of editing. I don't know yeah. That. Yeah. We, uh, I don't know. Maybe two. Maybe just one long one. <laughs> That's what she said. There you go. Uh, When's that Delta Waterfowl Banquet in? It's in the December. I know that. Ninth. December 9th December on a Friday. 9th. No, eighth. Eighth will be the Thursday. <coughs> Thursday of December eighth. Okay. At the Port Arthur Civic Center. Yep. December eighth, Port Arthur Civic Center. Saturday we're having a benefit and finette from a little nephew come out. We got a um, raffle off in Argentina duck hunt. A duck hunt with um, Byron and them. Okay. A gator hunt, hog hunt. Maybe a fishing trip. Some cool shit. I got you. Cool shit. But anyway, uh, yeah, cool little man. Six five Creedmoor five five six in there too somewhere. Yeah, that's uh some uh raffle tickets. I'm selling. Yeah, gun, oh, okay. gun raffle. <clears throat> yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, you have any uh, certain way y'all in y'all's podcast? No, nah, man. Thanks for coming out. Boy, I got the same shit I say every time. You can't kill on the couch. You can't change the game from the sidelines. So get your ass up and do something. There we go. (laughs) All right, guys. See you later. All right. Appreciate y'all.